The views and opinions expressed on the following program are not necessarily those of this station or its sponsors. Broadcasting from the Ohio Valley, talking about the Ohio Valley. We're live and local. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. Walking in the sunshine, sing a little sunshine song. Put a smile upon your face as if there's nothing wrong. Think about a good time had a long time ago. Think about forgetting about your worries and your woes. Walking in the sunshine, sing a little sunshine song. Yes, indeedy, we try to provide sunshine in your life all the time here on the Watchdog Morning Show, at least inside, sometimes outside. A little bit of sun out there right now. It's going to cloud up a bit during the day today, partly cloudy, high around 62 today, some rain tomorrow, slight chance of rain tomorrow on Wednesday, rain pretty good on Thursday. We'll be in the mid-60s for a good bit of the week, but right now, we're looking at uh, 42 degrees, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, 41 at the Highlands, uh, 38 in Elm Grove in my backyard weather station, and uh, 42 degrees here at the Robinson Otter Group Studios downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. And I swear I've got icicles on my nose in here. Well, remember around this time last year when you were all cozied up out there in Elm Grove, and I said, Howard, I am so cold in here. I can't tell you how cold I'm there. Can't feel my fingers. Now you see what I'm talking about. Coming up a little bit later on, if we have a chance, I want to talk about the deer kill. They're going to be killing deer up at Ogilvy starting today. For the well, next they can hang them in here. If they, if they run out of room up there, meat they can hang yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, we can use it in here for it as a meat cold locker. cold in here this morning. But uh, the deer kill, the deer call, as they call it, uh, is uh, continuing today. Bob Peckinpah, the CEO of Ogilvy Park on the Wheeling Park Commission, uh, put a letter to the editor in the paper over the weekend explaining their thoughts, their, re- their rationale, explaining why they're not following on some of the petitions that have been sent to them and so on. We'll get into that coming up a little bit later on. Meantime, today will be the uh, beginning of, I think it's a two or three, I can't remember, two-day two day deer kill? I'm I, asking you. Yeah, I'm, I think so. Through what, Wednesday? Or? I, think, I can't remember it's two or three days, but it starts today at any rate up at Dogby Park. We'll talk more about that uh, coming up a little bit later on. 9-11 here on the Watchdog Morning Show. You all hear me often talk about an online magazine website, whatever you want to call it, that I, I read all the time called The Conversation, theconversation.com. It is, uh, it, it's, there are articles in science and medicine and research and religion, uh, politics, history, and they're all written by scholars, professors, researchers. I mean, this is not um, the People magazine. Now, let me explain to you. The conversation, what I like about it is everything is in real, plain, simple language. These are really expert people writing about serious things in language that we all can understand. And that's why frequently I bring guests that I have found in those articles to the show because they're good at explaining complicated things in simple ways. They have a section that pops up occasionally in the conversation called Curious Kids, where kids write in questions and researchers, professors, college profs, and so on, answer the question. And every once in a while, that strikes my attention, and I thought we'd bring them in. There was a piece just recently called, Are Ghosts Real? Bob, before I get to uh, Barry Mofkoski, do you think ghosts are real? I think spirit is out there, but I don't know about actual, look, there's a ghost. 
Oh, just came through Halloween. I saw a lot of ghosts on trick-or-treat night, but I'm not sure it's the same thing. Professor Barry Makovsky is with us this morning here. Professor, good morning. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. Fun to be here. So um, let's just let me ask you simply, and then we can go into detail. So are ghosts real? When the kid writes you a question and says, are ghosts real, what do you tell them? Well, I don't give a one-word or one word answer to begin with, I, <laughs> obviously. Um, so my answer to that question was essentially probably not, and here's the evidence um, for and against. And, and what, I mean, look, a lot of people are like my producer, Mr. Slider, who believe there are spirits roaming the earth one way or another. Um, uh, recent polls, I think, say uh, almost half of us or a significant percentage of us do believe in ghosts, and a lot of people, and I know some, say they've experienced ghost contact. Yeah, in in the U.S. alone, it's upwards of 40% believe they exist, and something like 20% believe they personally experienced some kind of haunting or or ghostly encounter. Uh, But just because a lot of people experience something doesn't necessarily mean it's real. I mean, we all have similar wiring in our brain, and we tend to perceive and misperceive things in kind of similar human ways. So we, we make mistakes, and that's, uh, that accounts for a lot of uh, ghost sightings. So if you, if, you, if you, I mean you personally, or you, the generic you, if you see somebody who says, I've seen a ghost, um, are they lying, are they crazy, or are they just misinterpreting something? Oh, they're usually not lying, rarely crazy. Uh, But what people aren't aware of is all the alternative explanations that you might bring to bear on some kind of ghostly encounter. And there have been lots of investigations. Not I'm not talking about investigations by ghost hunters like you see on TV, but people who actually know how to do scientific investigations, know where to look for ambient sounds that might have come from the outside, how light play with infrared cameras and, and that sort of thing. It takes a lot of background knowledge to do a proper investigation. Uh, here in the upper Ohio Valley, the Moundsville Penitentiary is said to be, the, it's now closed as a penitentiary, but there were bad things that happened in there. And uh, now they take ghost tours and some of these TV shows come with their what looks pretty like sophisticated equipment, you know. They're taking pictures of, and, and I don't know, uh, I'm just a guy watching television. Looks like they've seen something in there. So what's going on? Yeah, I want to recommend people take a look at uh, books that ben, Benjamin Radford has published on ghost hunting. Uh, I was just reading a case of a fort in uh, near Niagara Falls that was supposedly very haunted by a lot of people's dead bodies. He went and spent a night there with a camera crew, with ghost hunters. He was the only skeptic there. Uh, they found pretty much nothing to speak of, but any little sound that someone might have heard coming from somewhere else, that became evidence for them if, if they were predisposed to believe. And what turned out to be the best evidence of the whole night was a crew member who had left the light off in a particular room came back and found that it was on, despite the room being locked uh, and no one else having access to it. But Radford just persisted in his investigation, and he found out that 
the dimmer switches that control the lights <laughs> tended to flip on their own, and he reproduced the effect. Um, so unless you know what to look for for alternative explanations, man, what a, what a bummer! You think you found a ghost and you found a short cir- you found a short circuit. I mean, that's just what a bummer. That crossing effect is really crucial when people go into a situation thinking there might be a ghost or being told that there definitely is one, you start to look for any kind of cues that will confirm that belief. And you rarely think skeptically. I mean, the normal person rarely thinks skeptically about it to try to disconfirm the belief. I have, a so, story. I, I, I have a story of my own I want to tell, but first, executive producer, Bob Slider. Barry, uh, when, this time, when I hear this kind of talk, I think of an episode of... Uh, Oh, geez, it was Robert Stack. Help me here, Howard. Uh, Unsolved Mysteries. Oh, do, do you remember that show, Barry? Oh, sure. I remember an episode, and it convinced me. They were talking to this woman. I can't remember what state it was, but uh, her and her husband didn't grow up in this neighborhood, but they started a family there. They bought a home, and as their their family was getting older, their little girl was talking about a friend that she had met. And her, her, her mother talked to her about this friend, and she found out that the friend was an old man. And she kept describing this friend who would show up on the porch or, or, or somewhere there near the house and would talk to her. She described uh, a man that owned the house years and decades ago to a T. It was him. How in the world would they know that? And I was convinced, I don't know if you could go back and look at that episode or not, but man, I was convinced that the little girl was seeing this man that had been dead a long, long time. Well, one of the things that we learn about skepticism in in Skeptics 101 class is you can't necessarily take anecdotal evidence or personal testimonials as evidence. You have to investigate it further. And in the case of children reporting on, oh, sometimes there's research showing that they have past lives that they're reporting on with great accuracy. It's very hard to know where that information really has come from. Oftentimes, somebody who knows who that neighbor was or knew the old man interprets the words of the child in favor of their hypothesis that mm-hmm. it's, that it's um, the spirit of, of the dead person. So that that becomes intriguing. That becomes something that's fun to look at, but it shouldn't be convincing, right? That's not really yet good evidence. It's just kind of eerie and, and, and creepy. <laughs> but that's the case of using, uh, I mean, in your case, you probably relied on your emotions more than your reasoning abilities to arrive at the conclusion that, oh, it looks like something really weird did happen. Uh, And that's, you know, that's just being human. We rely on our emotions very heavily. And that's, um, it it comes with the belief that what we see, what we hear is entirely accurate. But what you learn in psychology, what you learn in social psychology, is that stories get changed in the retelling, that perceptions are not always accurate. There's just so many ways to get it wrong. Maybe that takes the fun out of it for some people, but I, I have to say, I, finding out what's really behind some of these claims is more fascinating than the claims themselves. 
My wife and I uh, visit Gettysburg frequently. Gettysburg, of course, claims to be haunted by the ghosts of the Civil War soldiers there. Um, I, I've never, you know, particularly bought into it or not bought into it, but we have occasionally gone on the Gettysburg ghost tours when something to do in the evening when you're in Gettysburg. But I, I will tell you, Professor, there was one time uh, we were on one of the Gettysburg ghost tours, and we were walking through a dark alley, and we came up on a uh, uh, an empty, abandoned warehouse building, and I was just taking pictures all along and, you know, just took pictures. And when it was done, uh, when I went back and looked at the pictures of this totally dark building, what I saw were all these orbs floating around in the building, hundreds of them, just these little, little like, almost candlelight things just floating around. I didn't see them when I looked at the building, but they showed up on camera. Weren't I thought, oh my God, did I actually did I actually take a picture of a ghost or a spirit? Seems like a, a pretty big leap from an orb-like thing, a, a circular piece of light and, and image, to the soul of a dead person. Um, especially when there's a simple explanation for, for those orbs. When the lighting is right, uh, and it's a pretty uh, robust effect. It, it, it happens a lot. Particles of dust near the lens of the camera um, are out of focus. They do what's called a blooming effect. They look bigger than they actually are. And they reflect that light back into the camera, which kind of exaggerates their appearance. It makes them appear circular. Uh, and it's really easy to reproduce. So um, I, hope, I hope that doesn't disappoint you too much. Man, I've saved those pictures all of these years as my proof the ghost exists. <laughs> <laughs> it was the only time I ever thought I'd seen something that was actually, uh, may have been supernatural, I don't know. Professor, mm -hmm. do you have a, and I don't want to pry, do you have a theological approach to this as well as a scientific approach? I mean, some people feel the spirits or the souls of the dead hanging around for yeah, you know, for for I won't say religious regions, but you know, it's, it's, for some for some, it's more than just science; it's theology. Do, do you have a theological look at this? Not not at all. I, I try to be completely neutral. Um, I want to be open to the possibility, but I also want to apply really high standards of evidence mm -hmm. because it's an important question, obviously. And you know, my conclusion is that as I said at the, at the outset, that, yeah, they could exist, but not based on the kinds of evidence that people usually um, apply to, to that belief. So uh, that can be true whether or not you're religious, whether or not your particular religion tells you that souls are out there. Um, so I don't think that's, uh, that's an important consideration necessarily. Do you, do you feel like you're, you're just like Debbie Downer sometimes? You know, there are people who, just, like, like Bob over there, he wants so badly to believe that that young girl had this old man friend who was a ghost, you know. I want to believe in my orbs. Do you ever feel like you're a Debbie Downer going, no, nah, guys, that's just not it. It's just, it's just refracted light or it's just a mistold story, you know? All the time. But <laughs> if, if people are willing to give me more than 10 or 15 minutes to talk about it, I can sometimes get them to see how fascinating these alternative explanations really are. And you learn something about how the brain works, how perception works, how we're influenced in what we believe by other people, that what we perceive is not necessarily what's going on out there. And it's, I, I, 
endlessly fascinated by that. It, it, it relates, in my mind, to something that we talk about on this show a good bit in the world of politics, which are conspiracy theories. I sure. find that people who have a mind towards conspiracies will therefore believe the evidence presented to them about conspiracies, but if you look at it in sort of a neutral light, you go, yeah, well, it, but it, it could be that, but it also could be this. I guess what I'm saying is it's often your, your, how you enter into these conversations, how you enter into the belief, what your mindset is to begin with. I believe there are ghosts. Okay, now the orbs that I have seen are ghosts. Or I believe that there are flying saucers, so the lights in the sky must be aliens. We, we begin with our belief, and then it's easier for us to reinforce the belief we start with. Now, I am sounding like I know what I'm talking about, and I don't. So <laughs> tell, me if I'm, tell me if I'm anywhere on the right track here. No, you do. You, you, you are making sense. It, it, there's something called a priming effect where you enter into a situation with a particular belief, and you are more likely to look to confirm that belief. But you can do that and still take a scientific approach, which is, well, I, I favor the hypothesis that this place is haunted, but let's look at the evidence and let's look at it in an unbiased way, or at least as unbiased as possible, uh, is, and then just decide if it's really convincing or if it could be something else. So, the, And the nice thing about the scientific method is, of course, it doesn't uh, answer all questions in the universe, but it does <laughs> continually improve. It does learn from its mistakes, unlike common sense, which tends not to learn from its mistakes a lot of the time. That's who you're talking here, Barry, a common sense kind of guy. And uh, logically, I think, okay, if an, an adult didn't school, didn't teach that young girl all the facts that she knew from talking to this person, then what else could it possibly be than a ghost? It could have come from somebody who relayed the story. Or it could have, I mean, I'm not trying to take a side here. Uh, or it could have come, she may have found someplace in that house pictures of the uh, of, of the previous owner, then concocted the story, as kids tend to do. I'm going to look on YouTube for that episode. I See, there I, we go, YouTube. YouTube is the worst place for all of this stuff, because it, it, it confirms every conspiracy theory in the world can be confirmed. And listen, when I watch those YouTube videos—I'm sorry, I'm raining here, Professor, but <laughs> when, when I watch those YouTube videos of certain conspiracy theories, I go, oh— Oh, yeah. No, no, that makes perfect sense. And then I step back and I stop and I go, wait a minute. No, that was not that. No, that didn't make sense at all. But we get sucked well, into it. We get sucked into it. You're, you're also, you're media guys. And you know that you know, you're supposed to be entertaining when you do a, a program. Right. Uh, this one may be, you know, this may be the exception. But <laughs> something like, uh, you know, Unsolved Mysteries or these other shows. Uh, the ghost hunter shows their number one priority is not to present a scientific investigation. Right. It's to entertain the audience. Right. And they will do. There are plenty of inside stories from, in fact, Ben who I mentioned earlier, uh, in his book, describes what it's like to be behind the scenes in one of these ghost shows. And they, th their whole, their whole thing is to find false positives, essentially things that they could say evidence of a haunting but really are designed to accept the audience and they do it with music and they do it with ambiance and all that so i don't really 
recommend anybody be convinced by anything that they see in a TV program. Just be entertained by them if you want to be, but don't don't take them uh, take take them to heart. Yeah, and you're right. It, you know the music and everything else. Is, <laughs> what did they see around the corner? <laughs> you know the music and the and the way they do it. You're you're right. All right. Well, Professor, I appreciate your time this morning. Always good talking to you. I like to kick this kind of stuff around. I find it entertaining. I hope the audience does. I don't think this was a boring section at all. I kind of get it get a kick out of it. Now, I feel bad that my orbs that I thought were ghosts are not ghosts. They're just dust particles being badly reflected, but uh, that's okay. I, oh. <laughs> I've learned something here. Uh, all right. Appreciate it. Uh, next time you talk about the kids, I'll probably talk to you again. Sounds good. All right. Thank you, Professor. I've enjoyed it. Have a good day. Professor Barry Barkovsky is a distinguished professor emeritus of sociology at the University of South Carolina. Wrote a piece in The Conversation, uh, called Our Ghost Real. It came out of the Curious Kids section of the conversation. Curious Kids is a place where kids write in questions and then uh, they ask a scientist of some kind. Barry does this a lot himself, uh, but not all. I think we had him on once before talking about UFOs, maybe. No, I'm not sure, Howard, but uh, did Barry call me a dumbass? I don't think he used those words. But I know what he meant, right? <laughs> I'm not sure he used those words. I, I don't <laughs> All right, nine, almost 9.30 here on the Watchdog Morning Show. We've got a couple other things I wanted to get into today. I wanted to do the... Um, I may break one of my rules, I don't know. I never talk about an election issue on Election Day. Tomorrow's Election Day in Ohio. But these issues one and issue two deserve more attention than we have given them on this show. Now, you've heard a lot of talk about it elsewhere. Um I don't know what happened to David DeWitt. He is usually a very reliable guest. I don't know. Somehow, I guarantee it's my fault. I've somehow screwed this thing up. Uh, he's from the Ohio Capital Journal, executive editor of the Ohio Capital Journal, and he's always been a great guest and always been quick to be on with us. So I don't know. I had him scheduled last hour, and he wasn't there. But we'll figure it out, and um, I may, may invite him back tomorrow. Also tomorrow, uh, John Deskins is with us. John, of course, from WVU's Bureau of Economic and Business Research, um, he does the economic outlook for regions. He was here in town not too long ago talking about what the what the economic outlook for the upper Ohio Valley was, Ohio County in particular, and the entire Panhandle region. Uh, I asked him to come in to talk more about that tomorrow. So he'll be with us tomorrow here on the show. And um, as Donald Trump uh, testifies today in court, we'll have a chance to review and reflect on that tomorrow. Of course, maybe at that point he'll be in jail. I don't know um, when Tom Scateri joins us. So that's a bit of what we have coming up tomorrow. And I'll see if I can get David uh, DeWitt to come on as well. 931, 29 to the hour, Watchdog Morning Show. Taylor Long is still with us. She's got Ohio Valley headlines. You want a hospital rising up to the challenges of today's health care demands. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital delivers the right care close to home. Developing new and exclusive services recruiting top surgeons, featuring the highest level of orthopedic surgery, improving healing, rehab time, and outcomes, offering innovative heart care through our WVU Heart and Vascular Institute, establishing outstanding urology services with a highly experienced urologist and staff, providing comprehensive world-class women's health services, and equipping the WVU Cancer Institute at Wheeling Hospital with cutting-edge science for the highest standard of care. We embody the mountaineer spirit, building upon strong traditions, moving forward with compassion. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital, delivering the right care 
at the right place at the right time. Come to Wheeling Nailers opening night, Saturday, November 4th, featuring special guest Mad Chad Taylor, the Chainsaw Juggler. Enjoy hilarious cutting-edge fun, intermission hysteria, plus a magnet schedule giveaway, new arena food and beverages, new premium seat options, and introducing our official Nail Ale beer. It's going to be a mad opening night. Pup drops at 710. Get tickets now. Call 304-234-GOLD or go to wheelingnailers.com. Let's have an auction. L13, Trio and Stack Auction Service. We sell the earth and everything on it. From estates to business liquidation, antiques, coins, firearms, real estate, and more. We're also certified appraisers. Trio and Stack can handle it all. Call us now for a free outside consultation. 304-233-3168. Or visit FrioAndStack.com. Licensed in West Virginia, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. Trio and Stack Auction Service. We sell the earth and everything on it. It's jacket and hoodie weather outside, but we're like the warm indoors. Grab your coffee and sit a spell with us. Covering the valley with over 10,000 watts of power, this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital. Disagree with Mr. Big Voice, the announcer man, and I know what he was aiming for when he said we're like the warm indoors, meaning that we we give you a warm and fuzzy feeling. We want to make you feel like you're coming up and sitting by the fire and so on. But um, it's not warm indoors. <laughs> it's nicer outside, I think, than it is here in the studio. 42 degrees, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. This is outside temperature. 41 at the Highlands, 38 in Elm Grove and 42 at the here outside the Robinson Auto Group Studios downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. I did hear from David DeWitt, Bob, uh, our from the Ohio Capital Journal, said he had a home emergency today he wasn't able to get in on. So I got to debate whether I want to try and get him on tomorrow or not. My policy has always been not to talk about an election on Election Day, but uh, I'll have to see what happens uh, with that tomorrow. Now, let me go to the Frio Stack Auction Service text line. We were talking about uh, elections, Trump, Biden, and so on. Howard, no matter how you look at this Biden-Trump thing, you have to admit you were way better off with your finances when Trump was in office versus now. I don't admit that at all. I mean, I can only speak from my experience. No, I don't admit that whatsoever. Oh, and then just how did it go away? Here we go. Um... We could afford to purchase groceries and there were no wars going on. Well, there were, war, there were wars going on, uh, like the war in Afghanistan. The U.S. will be in a war soon, but I sure hope not. Yeah, I, yeah that, that is of great concern to me. I don't know that we're going to be in a war, but the wars are going to get worse and worse overseas right now. Uh, let's see. Okay, this is a personal attack, so I'm not going to do all that one. Uh, skip over that. Are you attacking me or you? Uh, it was me. Oh, okay. It was me. So I don't worry. <laughs> um, if you want to uh, send your thoughts in, 304-214-1600, 304-214-1600. Let's head over to the news desk now. I, I think Taylor was out getting an extra cup of coffee earlier when I called for her to do the news. I think she was... She was, you know, she said, you know what, what are you guys doing? I'm, I'm not ready yet. Is she ready now? I think Taylor's ready. Taylor Long is here with the High Valley Headlines. 
Good Monday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this November the 6th. One person suffered injuries in an apartment fire yesterday in Toronto. Authorities say a kitchen fire broke out at an apartment along now North 4th Street around 1.30 yesterday. We're told one adult WTRF, received burns to the hand Ohio but refused medical ABC, treatment. Ohio Officials Valley. say damage Only was confined to the kitchen area of the apartment. And in other news, an investigation Good is underway Friday by the Tuscarawas County Sheriff's Office following the discovery of a decomposed a body. The body was found on Saturday, lodged in an embankment in along a road Sheriff in Tom Sandy Howard Township. Says Major Rod Due to the advanced state of decomp, detectives say the person could be female. The individual was dressed in sweatpants, black shoes, and a shirt of a lighter color. While there were no apparent signs of trauma, authorities have stated that further details will come out as more information becomes available. Identified as Barry Lee Stadler of Hudsonville, Michigan. He was arraigned in Ohio County and is being held at the Northern Regional Jail on a $100,000 cash-only bond. West Virginia Governor Jim Justice's office says 19 people have applied to fill a state intermediate court of appeals seat. The vacancy was created by the resignation last month of Wheeling resident Donald Nickerson Jr. before he Good Monday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this November the 6th. One person suffered injuries in an apartment fire yesterday in Toronto. Authorities say a kitchen fire broke out at an apartment along North 4th Street around 1.30 yesterday. We're told one adult received burns to the hand but refused medical treatment. Officials say damage was confined to the kitchen area of the apartment. And in other news, an investigation is underway by the Tuscarawas County Sheriff's Office following the discovery of a decomposed body. The body was found on Saturday, lodged in an embankment along a road in Sandy Township. Due to the advanced state of decomp, detectives say the person could be female. The individual was dressed in sweatpants, black shoes, and a shirt of a lighter color. While there were no apparent signs of trauma, authorities have stated that further details will come out as more information becomes available. And following the announcement of their No Shave November campaign, the Jefferson County Sheriff's Office is warning people of possible scams. Officials say that recently they have been receiving reports of people impersonating deputies and asking for money to support their No Shave November campaign. Deputies say this is a scam and that they would never call anyone asking for money. If someone calls asking for money, they urge you to hang up and do not give out any credit card information. And happening tomorrow, the city of Weirton will be having its annual tree lighting ceremony at the North End. It's an event that will kick off the holiday season while thanking those who have invested themselves into the community. Event organizers say the tree lighting is a way to honor the long history of Weirton. There will be plenty of refreshments, including popcorn, cookies, coffee, and hot chocolate. The North End tree lighting will happen tomorrow night at 7 p.m. That was a look at your headlines. Have a marvelous Monday. I'm Taylor Long, working for you. The Highland Sports Complex is the Ohio Valley's most exciting place to play. A state-of-the-art facility offering fun for the whole family with a climbing wall, arcade, indoor turf, hardwood courts, classes and camps for kids and adults. Plus, you can take a break in the on-site cafe. Learn more online at hitthehighlands.com or better yet, stop in and visit the Highlands Sports Complex at the top of the hill off I-70. Kids back in school. Leaves change color and cover the ground. And the fall and winter holidays are just over the horizon. 
Celebrate the season with us every day. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital. Barry Markovsky is a nice guy. Professor Barry Markovsky from the University of South Carolina with us earlier this morning talking about ghosts and telling us there were no ghosts. He lied. Clearly the ghosts were at work here in our newsroom. They, they called up Stephen Moore from a year ago. It was like a seance. We had Taylor doing her thing, and then suddenly Stephen Moore just came in. There was a seance there. So clearly the ghosts were hard at work here. In the Watchdog Radio. News. And I'm sure Barry would have a logical explanation. Well, maybe the producer hit the wrong oh, button. Oh, he'd say something like somebody probably threw their headphones down and hit the wrong yeah, button. Yeah, he'd say, like well, that. yeah, Bob is a dumbass. <laughs> he never used those words, Bob. Now, let's be clear. Uh, 940, 22 of the hour. The deer hunt begins today, Bob. Yeah, it does. Uh, the, I wonder how it's going. They probably started a while ago, Howard. Um, let me see this. Let me see real quick if it tells Usually me. Usually starts at daylight. Uh, doesn't tell me what time, but I would assume it's already underway. Um, it will be underway to, oh, yes, no, it does tell me, 30 minutes before sunrise. So they were out shooting the, the deer before I even came into work this morning. Uh, the urban deer call at Ogilvy Park begins today. Hunters will be in the park today, tomorrow, and Wednesday, beginning 30 minutes before sunrise and ending 30 minutes after sunset. Um the hunt is a limited purpose bow hunt. Each archer was chosen based on a lottery system. You're not a bow hunter, so you didn't get into the lottery, right? Yeah, that's that's a little disturbing. I mean, so they have no idea what kind of hunters these guys are. They all have a license. They all have a bow, but they have no idea what no kind idea of hunters. No idea if they're yeah, good, bad, I mean, or they, they might not be able to hit an elephant. They don't know. Each archer, well, we're not shooting elephant. Yeah, but I'm using that as an example. Okay, a barn. These guys might not have been able to hit a barn, Howard. Each archer will be assigned a specific zone each day, which will be closed to the public. The locations for the hunt will be, but will be will include, but are not limited to. And I, I've heard these words, but I don't know the Serpentine Trail, the Jones Golf Course Back Nine. Don't go. Don't go, uh, don't go golf on the back nine on Jones today. Jones Golf Course front nine. Why do they say the Jones Golf Course? <laughs> I think I got that one backwards. I don't know. <laughs> the Jones Farm, the Hardwood Trail A, don't know where that is, Hardwood Trail B, Thoreau Trail, Roosevelt Trail, and the Palmer Golf Course. So the Jones Golf Course and Palmer Golf, I guess they're closing them, right? They would clo- well, and I don't want to ha- bring up uh, bad memories, Howard, but when I said I didn't see any any way that they weren't going to be able to, to do this without closing the park, you said they'll never close the park. Well, I don't think they're going to close the park, but I think they're going to have to They cl- just did close the no, park. they're not closing the park, but they're closing certain areas. So they're gonna, I would think they'd have to close the Jones Course. They'd have to ch- close the Palmer Course. Um, or these individual trails, you could still go up to the lodge. You can still go to the lake. Okay, you know. but there they, there has to be parts of the, the parts park. of the park. Yeah, I, where yeah. the deer are. Yeah, hunter are not permitted to pursue injured deer onto somebody else's private property. Hunters are not allowed to fire their bows after they leave their designated hunting area. These are the rules they have. If a wounded deer is found outside the zone, the hunter must contact the sheriff's department. 
and request assistance. Um, if a private property does a private property owner does not permit archers to enter their property, they can also call the sheriff's department for assistance in rem removing the deer. Um, I do support the idea that we have to call this herd. I, I like it or not, I think that this is a necessary evil. But like you, I'm a little nervous about what's going to happen over the course of the next several days. Again, I think maybe they would have made some changes, but I, because I watch YouTube, and, and it's usually the the what I watch is when, when they have wild boar problems, they bring in professional trappers mm -hmm. or people to get shoot them. And they usually use rifles, and sophistication now with these rifles is, is really, really high, Howard. You know, you, the, they silence the shot. So to me, the perfect situation would have been put these guys up in some towers and let them shoot these deer and be done with it. Because I just don't – I'm not buying it with these uh, bow and arrow guys. I'm just not. Well, again, I, I think it has to be done, but I, I'm not sure that – I have a feeling – for better or ill, the people who have been criticizing this are going to have some pictures and some things to talk about to say they were right after the fact. Okay, well, keep your camera ready for this. How about the deer? And I would have to bet right now. I haven't been doing so hot on football picks on Saturdays, but I know a little bit about deer. I don't know a little about anything about archery hunters, but I know about deer, and I know how tough they are. Some of these deers are going to survive, and they're going to run through the park. And I don't know. Maybe the arrow will go right through them. Maybe it won't. Yeah, I, is I, is what I'm saying. So, and, I, and that's why I'm saying I think that the the critics are going to again. I think something needs to be done about the deer. I I don't buy the argument that that well, you know, they should just leave them alone because they're sweet little bambies. Something has to be done. But I I would almost guarantee you we will see some pictures. And I will bet you that some of the critics are going to be up there looking for it, circling around, yep. looking for. So we're going to, you know, this is not going to be over and done with when the deer call is over and done with. At least I suspect not. Uh, but it begins today. Just thinking, do I want to take a ride through the park today? Let's go up and check it out, Howard. I think I would. I think I'd like to go up and take a ride around. But then again, you're right. I, we don't know who these who the archers are. Come out of an arrow you know, stuck if, in our ass. They, if they had taken the green arrow course in bow <laughs> shooting, I might have felt better, but um, I don't know who they are. Anyways, today begins the uh, deer, deer call or kill or hunt. Uh, it begins 30 minutes before sunrise, th ends 30 minutes after sunset, today, tomorrow, and Wednesday. Did I read somewhere? I don't think it's in the story I'm looking at here. Did I read somewhere each can take three deer? Did I read that? Well, that's what I was wondering. You know, what kind of number do they have in mind? Now, they know how many hunters are going to be out there. You and I don't. So, yeah, so it would be, what, did you say times three then? I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing that from memory of having read that somewhere else. Please don't hold me to that, but I believe that is correct. Each could take three. Uh, I'm looking through some other notes that I have here. Um, but I think that's right. I think that there are each can take three. And and to me, Howard, as a resident, you know, former hunter, but as a resident of Ohio County, I'd like to know one way or another, is this herd healthy or not? So I think it would be worth sending these carcasses to the university or somewhere mm -hmm. to take a closer point. look to just see is there a lot so much inbreeding that these, these deer can never be 
completely healthy? Is, is that a problem? Or is there disease in the herd? I'd like to know that. Would you like to know the answers to I that would. question? Let me, let, me, let me say this, and I always tell you when I know something when I don't. I don't know anything about hunting. I don't know anything about deer except I've watched Bambi and I cried. Uh, I don't know anything about any of this stuff. Slider is much more up-to-date on this than, than I am. Um, having said that, purely as an uninformed layman, a lot of the deer look sick to me, look badly sick to me. Now, I, I don't know that. I, I'm not getting, I'm not, I don't know. Maybe it's the way they're supposed to look. This, but um, There are people that would know the answer there to are. that. There are, and it probably is, is indeed, I guess maybe to, to draw further on what you're saying, Maybe this should be used as as a more than just calling the herd, but of getting a better information s- information about what is what is happening there. And I would concur with the people who brought the lawsuit, and I concur with those who have complained about this. When this is done, when the hopefully the herd is down to the manageable size, the park has got to begin putting regulations into place to stop it from happening again. Yes, they're too tame. Yes, they have been. They're so tame, they come up to your windows and just, you know, they literally knock on your window. Hello, you got something for me? I mean, those things need to be dealt with, and the park needs to be more aggressive in enforcing that. That comes after they solve the immediate problem. But I think you're right, Bob. I think there could be more information gleaned from this than just, and they're gone, right? 10 to the hour, Watchdog Morning Show, Bob Westfall, not far away. Citywide, citywide. Hey, football fans, put citywide on your team. Call citywide today for great rates and coverages on auto, home, life, business, and Medicare insurance plans. Don't forget about open enrollment this year from October 15th through December 7th. Whether buying or selling your home, citywide is your local realtor. Our new citywide mounds are locations now open at 700 Lafayette Avenue. Call citywide today at 304-845-8002. Let's win together citywide and Monarch football. Every weeknight at 6 p.m., join the voice of the Mountaineers, Tony Caridi, on The Watchdog. Tony informs and entertains WVU fans with the latest Mountaineer sports news. If it happens in the world of gold and blue, Tony knows about it and shares it with you. Sportsline, weeknights at 6 on The Watchdog. Is your business protected from cyber threats? In today's world, it's more important than ever to have a cybersecurity plan in place. But with so many different solutions out there, it can be hard to know where to start. That's where Omni Strategic Technologies comes in. We're a technology support firm with a strong focus on cybersecurity. We have a team of local experts who can help you assess your risks, develop a plan, and implement the right tools to serve and protect your business. If you want to get serious about cybersecurity, choose Omni Strategic Technologies for the peace of mind knowing that your business is protected and prepared. Mornings are darker. Leaves turn brighter. Nights are cooler. Enjoy your fall season with us every weekday here on the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe.
final segment of the show for this morning, uh, 9.52, 8 before the hour. Coming up, 10.06, statewide talk line, Hoppy Kerchival. Man, he's it's slim pickings on his, on his schedule for things today. Tourism Secretary Chelsea Ruby will be in to talk about uh, the Christmas tree going through the area and all that sort of stuff. Um, Rabbi from the Temple of the Tree of Life Temple in Pittsburgh is going to talk about uh, uh, anti-Semitic terrorist attacks at the Pittsburgh synagogue a couple years ago and how they feel about all of that now. And uh, and then I'll be on. That's it. I mean, he's got. Listen, when he's counting on me for a long segment. Bad news. I'll be on around 11.45 with Hoppy Kirchival talking about the uh, election in Ohio tomorrow and also talking about um, the deer call up at Ogilvy. Two stories I suspect WTRF-TV may be working on as well. Good morning, Bob Westfall. Morning. Morning, Howard. How was your weekend? I had a good weekend. I went to the Children's Casino. Do you know what the Children's Casino is? No, I've never heard of it. Well, it's the arcade over at the Ohio Valley Mall, which I discovered is uh, just as bad as a casino, except for children. They yeah. suck your money dry. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't don't equate the two, but okay. Yeah, listen, I, I sat there and started looking at all the, the the flashing lights and the ringing of the bells, and I felt like I was in the casino. And when my grandson comes and says, Granddad, I've already lost all my money. Can I get more money for uh, some more games? I'm thinking, man, they're training these kids to be. <laughs> they're training them to oh. head to the casino. But We had those when we were kids, Howard, didn't you? Oh, no, you had rocks and sticks. Um, but we had the arcades. It was a big thing. Uh, you know, Friday night, Saturdays, out at the mall. Hey, we had video games. I played Pong. Yeah, but they were a quarter. <laughs> they were a nickel, actually, yeah. Um, no, I, I mean, I'm, I I did notice the, the the similarity between a casino and the arcade, but the kids had such a good time. Uh, my grandson and his cousin, we took them out for the day. Uh, they had a great time. You know, the kids just played. And they got a few little... Gigas, you know, they managed to rack up enough points to get a lollipop or something. So that was my weekend. How was yours? Mine was good. Uh, just taking down Halloween decorations. Oh, okay. Uh, getting you, now. Do you put up Thanksgiving decorations, or, or do you go great, straight to Christmas? We, I go to Chris, start putting Christmas up, but they doesn't get lit till Thanksgiving. Okay, I got you. Makes sense. Makes sense. Okay. Well, what are you working on today at the Big Seven? All right, you mentioned Rabbi Myers at Pittsburgh's Tree of Life congregation. He is actually taking part in a statewide training program of anti-Semitism. Uh, both the northern and southern district uh, U.S. attorneys, Bill Willenfeld and Will Thompson, are holding these events, uh, one here in Wheeling at Temple Shalom and then one in Charleston, uh, training people on uh, looking for anti-Semitism, how to deal with some anti-Semitism, um, uh, so that's something DK is going to cover today. Uh, so that is obviously a, something that's a timely issue. So we've got that. Uh, a couple of things we're working on. Uh, we're going to meet Michael McHenry. He is the Grand Marshal for the upcoming Christmas parade. We're excited about that. We're going to find out what he's all about. The former Wheeling native. Uh, got quite a long list of uh, accomplishments. So we're going to talk to him this afternoon. As you know, it's, uh, it's National Veterans and Military Families Week. Uh, Jake is going to go up talk to John Looney at the Vet Center in Wheeling. Uh, not only what they can do to help individual veterans, but what programs are out there to help uh, uh, veteran families. I mean, a lot of people are in a difficult situation. So we're, uh, uh, we're going to sit down and talk to John about that. 
let's see here, scroll through. Uh, fall back driving tips uh, with the time change this past weekend. Uh, AAA sent out a press release about being prepared. Obviously, the sun sets sooner, things like that. You're dealing with wet leaves, things like that. So we're going to talk to a local driving instructor about what you need to know when it comes to uh, driving in the fall with the time change. So we've got that. And we, had some, we, had some some, oh. we had some statistics earlier this morning, and I can't find them right now, but uh, traffic crashes significantly increase after the time change. So right. uh, got to be careful about that. So a lot of things out there. Uh, time change makes a big difference. Uh, First Veterans Day breakfast kicks off. Bethlehem Elementary, uh, Bethlehem School's got uh, breakfast this morning. Uh, Rebecca is going to be covering that. And then day before elections, we're talking to Frank Rose about what you need to do in Ohio to go to the ballot box tomorrow. So we've got that. Uh, of course, as you said, the uh, Ogilvy uh, Resort is to begin their uh, deer calling today. So we're going to follow that up as best we can. And, of course, weather weather looks gorgeous, a little cool this morning, uh, but I think it's going to make it up to the mid-50s. We'll see what else is going on this week. Uh, see, last week of regular season for West Virginia, high school football, week two of playoffs in Ohio. So Scott and Dugan will update that today. Um, so a little bit, uh, little bit of everything. Um, you mentioned tomorrow being Election Day in Ohio, and, of course, the two big issues, Issue 1 and Issue 2, are on the ballot. But there are locals as well. And you can help me. Maybe you can help me. I have a text from a listener, and I don't follow it close enough. Uh, I think I'm, I think the answer is yes. Is the bus renewal levy up on the ballot tomorrow? Yes. I thought it was, yes. yes okay. It is on the ballot. It is on the ballot tomorrow. So uh, we will have those results tomorrow evening. Um at least we'll be covering uh, Jefferson, uh, Harrison County. Um, uh, Bailey Martin will be down in Belmont and Monroe covering those. And then uh, our, our, statewide, our, our statewide bureau in Columbus will be covering issue one and two. So that's, uh, that's a big deal. So tomorrow's a lot of things going on, kind of a prep for what's coming up in 2024. Uh, so we'll see how things go, see how smoothly that election goes. All right, Bob, appreciate your time. We'll be watching noon 5, 6, 10, 11, 5.30 for the region-wide show, always at WTRF.com, and always with the Storm Tracker 7 app or the news app on your smartphone or your tablet, and we'll find out the news when it happens. I appreciate talking to you. We'll do it again tomorrow. Thank you very much. Uh, bye, Al. All right, time for us to say sayonara. See you. Bye-bye. Farewell. i got to go. i got to get out of here. Kirchwell's got the comm coming up next. Tomorrow on the show, WVU economist John Deskins is in to share his economic outlook for our region. Trump takes the stand in his own trial today. I wonder what's going to happen there. That could be fireworks or it could be a dud. We'll find out uh, and talk about it tomorrow with Tom Scateri, our national correspondent. And it is tomorrow, Election Day in Ohio. I may have David DeWitt come back to talk about Issues 1 and Issue 2 because I think those are really big deals, and I'm not sure everybody has a good handle on them. All of that's coming up tomorrow. In the meantime, have yourself a great day. Mr. Slider, we shall reconvene tomorrow morning. What do you say? Let's do it, Howard. All right, let's make it a date. 7 o'clock tomorrow, you and me and Bob, all right here. Manic Monday.